Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Hey, everybody. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff, Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is KJ Live with Chris Johnson. And Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Now here's Chris Johnson. You're now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest on the show is a former UCLA Bruin who was named first team All-Pac-10 in 2005. He was drafted in the second round with the number 54 pick by the New York Knicks and spent 13 seasons or something like that, playing overseas as a bona fide pro. One of my favorite dudes, Dijon. 
Welcome to KJ Live. What's up, bud? Thank you, man. Appreciate that, man. And you said you said my name actually right to end it off, man. Dijon. That's you know, it's that, that D gets dragged out a lot yeah. lately, but you know, it's yeah. just Dijon. But appreciate yeah. the love, appreciate the welcome. Uh, welcome to be here, man. No doubt, man. No doubt, man. I've had a lot of cats on on the show since I started doing this. A lot of our UCLA brothers uh, as well, and we kind of kind of dive into the background of the person of, you know, find out the journey that made the man who they are. Um, I want to educate our audience on you and sort of just start at your childhood and where you're from, what neighborhood you grew up in? Like, where were you born at? Uh, I grew up in Inglewood, um, spent some, some time uh, growing up uh, with my great grandmother. She stayed off of eighth uh, Avenue burning. Okay. Um, my mom and, they, they kind of went to Crenshaw and then they moved out to Pasadena area mm-hmm. and graduated from Muir. And then we came back down to the Crenshaw, to the Inglewood area. And that's kind of where I grew up. Um, my mom and dad, they worked at Northrop and Grumman um, at the time. It, it was TRW and then it went to Northrop and Grumman. So that's how I was um, able to, to get the permit and found my way into Redondo Beach in the high school area. But um, yeah. Yeah, I grew up in the L.A. area, Inglewood. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of us, bro, like a lot of us. What a lot of people don't realize about the L.A. area is South Central, Inglewood, Watts, all that's like 10, 15 minutes from each other. Inglewood, South Central is really close. It's like you hit a, you go, you know, Hyde Park, hit a couple of back streets and you right over, you know, in the thick of things. And you might be in the 60s hood over here. And then you, you hit a, you hit the cut. You over here in the, in, the, in the blood hood like, damn, what the hell is going on? Was there anything? As far as the gang activity, and I know you're a little young, younger than I am because the gang stuff was real huge for us when we were growing up. Was the gang or the streets, was there any allure to that when you were coming up in Inglewood? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, it, it didn't go nowhere. I mean, it was always around growing up. Um, you, you know, you just had vivid memories. Even we, we stayed on Crenshaw at the time and, and it's during the riots, you know, yeah. it's growing up during that time. And it, it's, yeah. it's funky around there. And I mean, gangs didn't go nowhere. You always grew up in it and growing up in L.A., it, it's it becomes second nature, really. I mean, you, you numb to it. You you see it. You 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 know where to go, where not to go. But, yeah, you, it's, it's always around. And I was down the street, like you said. <laughs> when did uh who? start to become something that you figured out you wanted to do seriously. That's crazy because I don't really have the that traditional, like I grew up with the ball or, you know, I was always playing basketball. That wasn't necessarily me. Yeah, I was always playing basketball at schools and parks and stuff, but my family wasn't really an athletic family. I had a, maybe had an uncle that played some baseball, um, but I was really the first generation as far as, you know, taking basketball or sports um, to another level. Um, so that that background wasn't there. Everything was green for me. And I was just learning on the fly type of things. So um, it was just playing at school and um, probably about the sixth grade, fifth grade. You know, you got your, your, your peers or your friends saying we in this league and why are you not playing and why am I not playing? You know, and at that time, you know, my mom was single parents she ain't had time to, to do all that you know so it was just at the school and that's it but you know once my stepdad came along um it was way more time for that uh you know he was able to take me to everything and, and really get involved and, and dive into it and really get a liking to it oh man how old were you when your stepfather uh came into the picture ah oh, man 
He was there from the beginning. Um, so, so as long as you can remember, what school? Yeah, what, what elementary school or or what like park? Like, I was talking to um, Stace Bozeman. I know you know who Stace is, and he was talking about how he came up at Jesse Owens, or it was called Sportsman's Park, and then he was at St. Andrews and hooping with uh, with all. Yeah. Them. What what park did you come up at? So that's crazy. Like it's like. Like, I don't have that that story to where I was okay. always out like that, you know, yeah. like basketball, it, it came alike and it was all like natural. But, you know, I will go to the park. I go to Holly Park down the street. That's OK. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Holly so, Park. Down, right. You all know, right. band ass go to Holly Park. Yeah. And then, you know, it, you weren't really allowed to go to Raleigh. So it was like, we'll just stop at Holly Park. So I wasn't going to Raleigh Park and Gardena. It was always Holly. Maybe Cimarron Park because my uncle stayed like literally like right around there. So I was mm-hmm. in that in that area. Yeah. When at what point or how old were you when you kind of knew that you were better than dude when you played against him? Like when did it, it sink in to you? For me, like I started to get that bug at like 14, 15 years old. I started, you know, giving dudes numbers and feeling yeah. good about myself. How old were you? What age was that? Oh man. It probably about ninth grade, you know, I started, I started to really get on that circuit, that, that real circuit where the, where the killers is at, you know, Mm -hmm. so ninth grade, I'm playing with that, with Sports Express, they brought me on. Who's on Uh, your team? Who's on your team? I got guys like Brandon Heath, uh, uh, we got Chad Bell. Oh yeah, Um, oh yeah. We had uh, Chuck Hayes, my guy Modesto. He brought Big lefty? Back. Yeah, Chuck. Yeah, we, we had a mom, Marcus Williams. Uh, Wait, which Marcus uh, lefty? Lefty, lefty, lefty Crenshaw, Craig that, Smith. That had a, Craig? Y'all had a squad, dog. Yeah, we Y'all had, had a squad, squad, man. We had a squad. It was fun. It was fun. So around that time, you start you start measuring yourself against this type of competition and got against guys that have, you know, grew up in the gym, you know, and it's like, all right, I can hang, you know, I'm still fresh, still learning. Like, Oh, these guys are flying around here. But I kind of, I adjusted quick, learned on the fly. Like I said, who did you kind of hold yourself to like the standard of that type of guy? Like when we were coming up in my era, it was like Charles O'Bannon, Chuck. It was like, everybody was, you know, trying to rock with Chuck because Chuck was the man. Was there who, who in your era was that kind of like that guy? Man, that's a good question. Like, I was a weird one, man. Like, it's like basketball was just like I just like basketball. Um, like you said, ninth grade year, like that motivation starts coming. You start, I went to high school with like a guy named Marcus Moore. He was our point guard. Andrew Zahn. Yeah. These guys were were at the time they were getting letters. You see him walking across the lunch quad with letters, Nike shoes, everything. I'm like, man, I need. All of that. Like, how do I how do I get to that level? Like, how do I, I I need all of that? I need them letters. I need all of that. So, to answer the question, like for somebody me looking at somebody growing up, like I really didn't basketball was just basketball to me. I'm just hoping. Like it's just yeah. fun. Where did you like find or draw upon for your competitive spirit, like the competitive side of things? Because, you know, as hoopers, man, we're not just going to let people bust our asses. And I know you might not have been at the park, but I'm sure when you did go to the park, you was trying to win. Where did you where did you f- get that competitive spirit from that made you elite? Uh, that's 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 my mom and my dad, really. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's once you start something, you're going to do it at your best and give it your best. And it's that, that's where that competitiveness come in. And it's, uh, 
just the streets. You know, I, I've always always played and and had friends that were older than me. You know, that that was kind of my. I never really played with people my age. It was always hanging out with people older than me. So yeah, I'll go around the corner with my friend Troy, and he was older than me. He had handles. He kind of baptized me. It was just like, dang, I need to, I need to step it up a little bit. So it was it was always with my older friends being around them and 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 kind of learning the ropes like that. That's the best way, man. Because uh, I, I kind of like you, bro. I, I didn't grow up in the gym as all them dudes that we we ended up playing with either. Yeah. Like, you know, you know how everybody knew each other when they was younger. No, I came in late, yeah, 15, yeah. 16. Yeah. They was calling me the fat boy with the curly top, the fresh, <laughs> the fresh Prince of Bel Air. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But what I had was a lot of experience playing against my dad one on one, bro. Yeah. So, so imagine. So when you say you had your, the cut, your cousin or the homie around the corner that was beating up on you, my dad was yeah. doing the same thing. He was trying to make a comeback to the league. So he using me as the one on one. Like, what's up with your ones? I got to guard him. I got to do all that when I'm 14 and 15. And so the level of physicality he introduced me to, it just made it so that when I played against dudes my age, I just was not tripping on nobody. Yeah. And that's why that older, that, that's where that playing against older dudes thing comes in. Sometimes you ain't got to play on the circuit. Yeah. It, as long as you're getting that good work, and it sounds like you you got it. <laughs> yeah, I was always finding some good bump. I mean, yeah. 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 So your your recruitment, um, you had Redondo Union. Were you playing, who was there, Reggie? No, Reggie Morris wasn't there. Was no, it was uh, Jim Nielsen. Okay, Jim Nielsen was there. You big. I remember Andrew Zahn from uh, Hoop, My, Hoop Masters days. He played with Josiah or his brother. I, f- I forgot who, which one it was. He had a brother, right? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. It's, it's Andrew. It was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a couple of them, but anyway. Yeah. Um, your recruitment. So you got a nice crew. You kind of, you know, getting off a little bit. Um, who are some of the schools that were looking at you early on that kind of got you excited? Uh, I had this weird of if. if like factuation with Syracuse. I don't it's, Syracuse just had that 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 yeah. that notoriety at the time, you know, in the in the 90s and you know, North Carolina. So I was like, ah, I gotta go to Syracuse. I like the orange, I like the jerseys. Jerseys were sweet, you know? Yeah. yeah and then really. once you start, once I started to get more deeper into basketball, I'm like, snow. Like I'm from LA, like snow, <laughs> like I ain't going, <laughs> I'm not going there. Like, nah. You fell off the snow? <laughs> like, nah. like Because I didn't really go nowhere. I didn't really travel nowhere. Like, basketball took me everywhere. Like, yeah. it wasn't for basketball. I probably wouldn't have traveled. I probably would have been, you know, somebody from L.A. that's never been nowhere or anywhere. So, um, so, yeah. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, watch Creighton, they play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton, because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. So Syracuse. You, Syracuse. You, 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 and then. So senior year came down to UConn, Arizona, and UCLA, my top three schools. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, Jim Calhoun, uh, Calhoun came, came to came to my house to home visit. Loved him. Loved UConn. Yeah. Hey, hey, let me LA. It's East Coast to say, ah, I ain't really been nowhere. And then at that time, it's like, ah, it's not for me. Bruh. I'm Ben Gordon. I said, hmm, damn. All right. <laughs> cool. So Arizona, I go to my trip on Arizona. Loved it. Uh, Richard Jefferson's my host. End up hanging out with Gilbert probably the whole time. Hey, what was your visit like? I, you and RJ, y'all two light skins. What was y'all getting off in Arizona, dog? I can't imagine what was Listen, going man, on. Listen, man, RJ's been the same. He's been the same. He's been the same guy to, as you see him now, man. He's the same guy. I rock with RJ. He's just RJ from I, Phoenix. I mess with RJ, dog. I like RJ. He's funny. He's RJ from Phoenix down the street, you know, just like, hey, this is Tucson, you know, this is Arizona trying to show me the way. And then, you know, you come across Gil, the, who's Gilbert, the same Gilbert. Yeah. You're like, ah, come over here with me, young fella. We gonna, I'm, I'm going to show you the rope. So ended up hanging out with Gilbert more than, than, than Richard, but you know, it was it was fun. I had a I had a really good time, really good trip. Um, Andrew, who I played with, was a freshman going into his freshman year at that time. So I had a little comfort there from my high school teammate. Um, it, it, it just wasn't L.A. It just wasn't L.A. Lute Olsen was amazing. Like if yeah. they was in L.A., I probably would have signed there. But it just wasn't L.A. What was it about? It was it a thing you didn't want to leave home, man? You're so comfortable just in your surroundings in L.A. that leaving L.A. just kind of not frighten you, but it kind of gave you a little pause, kind of like, man, I ain't trying to dip from the city. Is that how it went down for you? A little bit, a little bit. But I mean, you grow up in L.A. and you still you see the prestige that UCLA got and you see you see the, the banners and everything. I mean, that spoke for itself. And you got laugh coming in and, you know, talking and, and seeing the family and being at every game and, you know, being live. I mean, it was it was an easy sell for me. It was yeah. easy. Yeah, nah. When back in that era of lab, man, when you say being lab, Steve Lavin, who was just wow. named the, the new head coach at University of San Diego, yeah, congrats, we, that, yeah. And, and who we both played for, we can both testify to that this guy is one of a kind. He's one of the probably I know, for, in my opinion, just as far as his ability to speak and work a room and you know sell somebody's mom on trusting that person with their child for the next four years. Like, please, it, it doesn't get too much better than that. I say lab Calipari them type of dudes man like those dudes are cut from the same cloth so so you, so, so you got last so lab got you who was your other guys that came in with you uh as freshmen uh came in with another actually i wouldn't say uh, they were all los angeles natives man cedric bozeman oh uh, oh yeah um and andre patterson Jeez. Yeah, Dre. Uh, yeah, that was that was our crew right there. Yes, yeah, that was a nice crew, man. That was a nice crew. Long, you guys were long, very athletic. Uh, one thing that could be said is for probably every team that played at UCLA under Lav and all that, at least one team or two teams twice, you, you we pretty much underachieved. We didn't live up to our potential uh, as a as a team as a as players. What do you attribute those lapses to? back at UCLA. I've always tried to figure that out because we would have so much talent, man. And in the summer times, you probably ran in the, against the pros with the UCLA crew yeah. and you, y'all probably was getting a lot of wins and looking great. What was it, man? What happens? What happened to UCLA as far as the underachieving part? That's a good question, man. It's, um, I think it comes down to just building teams and everybody staying there. And, you know, you got guys just leaving uh, year after year, new guys coming in. That it's it's hard to build that camaraderie and that that uh, that grit 
that winning, that winning mentality. So um, I, I think that's uh, I kind of where it hurt when I was playing. Um, I played with two coaches. So it was live for two years and then uh, Ben Holland for two years, uh, the next two years. So that coaching change could be um, a monkey wrench in itself um, just because it's just new. It's different. Uh, two coaching styles. Um, ben Holland coming from the East Coast and Coach Lab more West Coast style and, and more free oriented. Um, so that, that, that was just a little different. It just kind of just throws you off your, 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 you know, what you're used to and what you've seen for the first two years. So I, I could say that, I mean, it's just, just keeping the team together, uh, building a, a team, a good group of guys that's going to stay together for the, you know, for four years, three years or however long it, it takes. Yeah, man. Team, uh, building a program, building a culture, it takes time. It takes guys sticking around. Like we had guys that stayed off four years back then. So, you know, it was Ed and Tyus and George Zedek. Those were our guys. Those were our and seniors. What happened? Yeah, we won, we won one. We won one. And there was no doubt with the talent you guys had um, because coming. So we, wait, you weren't there for Moiso and Dan, were you? I was there for Dan, not Moiso. So okay. I, had, I had Matt Capono. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Billy, rest in peace, Billy. Billy rest in peace. Um, yeah, I had a lot of older guys there. That's a monster team. There. Yeah, That's yeah, a monster. We had a good, yeah, good team. We lost in Sweet Sixteen that year. Yeah, was UCLA everything you thought it was going to be? I don't know what it was going to be. You know, I, I like I, I was so green with the basketball. Like I was learning on the fly. Like I, I didn't really have that that um, I guess experience or su supportive experience, you know, that that could just be like, oh, okay, look out for this, look out for that. It was, I'll learn on the fly. <laughs> so um, I don't know what, I didn't know what to expect. It was, it was fun. Like I enjoyed every minute of it. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't, I, if I had to go back and change school, I wouldn't, I'd still choose yesterday. Yeah, I would too. Um, I had a few schools that were, you know, knocking down my door, Washington State with Kelvin Sampson, uh, Arizona State with Bill Frieder, um, Cornell uh, uh, out in the Ivy League. But, uh, you know, nothing. nothing I, I'm glad I went to UCLA, but I kind of wonder what my life would have been like had I went to like a Utah and played for Rick Majerus and had the rock in my hand. And, you know, not running, you know, the UCLA high posts and where you could kind of develop a little more and handle yeah. and things like that. I always think about it, but, you know, not really tripping on it. Uh, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. If you were all Pac-10 uh, your last year at UCLA, and now take me through the draft process. So you're coming, you're projected, well, I don't know where they had you, but I know that at your size, your height, your skill set at that time, uh, you seem pretty primed to, you know, to do well in the draft. Now you get picked 54th, second round. How... Take me through the workout process for you, uh, the pre-draft process, if you can remember, and talk about the moment that your name got called 54th. I always tell people that was probably like, that whole process was, I hated that process. Like, I hated that whole process. Why? It's, um, I don't know, that my, my nature, my style of play, and going, going out, workout after workout, having to like prove yourself. Yeah, I could do it, but that, that wasn't my thing. I'm more of a gamer. Like I, I, I like to show my, my, my game through it, just game play. So that you having to fight every, every trip, every workout. I was like, damn, these guys is hungry. But 
I think we kind of threw it off a little bit. My senior year, I played the four position. Uh, that's just where we needed to. I needed to be uh, for the team to to thrive. Or that was the only position that that was open that that needed filling. So I played. The, it was a stretch four. So going into the draft and that pre-draft process, like I was going against a lot of fours in my work, and I'm just like, mm, that's not my, my, it's not my position. But you know, I was able to do it, and, and it was successful at a little bit. But these guys are a little bit heavier than me, you know. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going against like Ryan Gomes, is like 20 pounds, 25 pounds more heavy than me, 30 pounds. Jason Maxill, I'm like these guys. Jason, Jason the, Maxill, like, these guys is on the block. I can't do nothing with this man. These guys are physical. Wait, who was that your, time? The game was more physical. It was. Who was your agent, D? Who's your agent, real quick? Who's your agent? At that time, I was. Uh, I had signed with Todd. I was with Todd. Okay. Uh, it was. It was his first go around with the Life Sports uh, Agency. So, the year before that, Trevor had went to the draft. He had Trevor, and then I had. I was going to go to the draft my junior year. So we both, me and Trevor, went to pre-draft together. Trevor stayed in. I went back to school. Wait. <laughs> um, so so I, had my, <laughs> I went through my whole senior year, had a better senior year, which I was like, yeah, you go ahead, Trev. Like, you no, do your good. thing. That's it good. worked out for him. Um, but, yeah, I ended up going back to school and doing the pre-draft thing. But Todd was my agent when I signed out. And so, and so Todd had – so I, I guess I was supposed to have Todd on last week. I guess I'll ask him when he gets on. I'm asking why the hell he sent you the pre-draft workouts with force and didn't have no goddamn shooting guard workouts. That's that's for another discussion. I'm going to ask Todd on my own because I want to get to the bottom of that because that will make no damn sense. But, but Dijon, it's so, it's so funny how we have a lot of parallels. So – you just talked about your pre-draft experiences and have playing the four, right? The stretch four. So my whole senior year, bro, I played the stretch four. And I'm not tall as you. So I'm I'm bigger, but I'm not as tall as you. I'm six five playing the stretch four. So I and then when I get to the pro situation in Arizona and Chicago and all that, they put me in the in in with the twos. So I was I wasn't like you. I would have been, I would have rather have been in with the fours. Yeah. But they put my they put my big slow. I was 240, 6'5, 240. I'm trying to stay in front of you know Earl Boykins and them. And all I mean it was just it wasn't hey, hey Anthony Carter, you don't remember AC Anthony yeah, Carter? Remember, yeah. Please, he's coming, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to guard. And you know how it is once you when you play a position for an extended period of time at a very high level, like a four, when you try to translate the, that skill set that you have been used to playing into the NBA, into the pro setting where guys have been playing their natural positions and this and that, you're going to always be at a disadvantage. I, 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 I'm, I'm really um, – actually, the fact that you got drafted after working out against fours, it really says a lot about probably how you stuck out and, and how, you, how you showed up in those workouts. Yeah, you- I, I mean, I definitely did the best thing I could um, in those workouts. Um, my trainer, you know, Rico Hines, uh, he, he definitely prepares you. Uh, those type of workouts <laughs> are pro workouts. And and that was, what, 10, 15 years ago. You know, people are just now starting to see Rico now, but he was doing that 10, 20 years ago, the workout Sunday. And it was probably harder then. Like, he's probably lightened up now because he can't move as much as, and is, you know, getting older like we all. But they were tough. They prepared me. I was I was definitely prepared in all the workouts. Um, it just – the way the game was, the game the way the game evolves now, I think if, if I was playing now, it would be a little bit better for me. The stretch four is not really a stretch four. It's, yeah. it's no the best question. players out there. Yeah, you'd be a three, three and D guy, you know. They they'd say, or I mean, if you, I mean, 
it's a lot of guys in, that are playing and flourishing in the NBA right now that I can see somebody with your skill set because you have the skill set of that that's the most valuable. We do both do the sh- yeah. that jumper, yeah. that that pro deep ass jumper. Okay, <laughs> hey, hey, that jumper put me in the game right now with my jumper. I am pulling like these motherfuckers is pulling. Yeah. Everybody pulling D. Hey, it's it's all good to pull from deep yeah. now. Remember, yeah. remember, we had to be hesitant because we could always shoot from there. But then you had to get a look if we pulled up, people looking at you, mad at you. It's a. I try to tell folks, man, it's a totally different game now, different. and it's not. It is not just because of what guys can do or where they can shoot. It's the attitude towards a five to seven dribble combo a dude just playing ISO ball. It's the attitudes by the coach and the other teammates that has changed the most, in my opinion. Think yes. about how we let everybody get this off now. Remember, you, you man, oh, man, some of these shots, bro, I'd be wanting to fight. I would have been wanting to fight, Dijon. Like, man, what you doing, dog? Where you shooting at? Yeah. Nowadays, it's like, good shot, bro. Good shot. Yeah, yeah but, it's um, different. Let me ask you this, though, and be, be 100% honest. Being a second round pick by the Knicks, number 54, were you satisfied? Were you happy with that? Or were you like disappointed that you spent a large portion of your life, probably wanting to be a first rounder. Now you get drafted in the second round. What were your emotions like? I remember it was like it was yesterday. It was sitting in, in Todd's office. Uh, family was there. It was stressful. It was just like, damn, you you know, it's 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 like everybody's draft experience. You know, you you saying you about to get drafted here, that that pick pass, you like, all right, the next couple of picks, and you start, you know, you start going down the list, and the opportunities, the window starts closing. But once I heard that name, it was like a big relief. Ooh wee, it was like yeah, you know, even though it's fifty four, I was like yeah. It was it was a great feeling, honestly. It was a great feeling. And it was just like it's time to get to work. You know, it's time to get to work. It was it was a chip on my shoulder. It was, but I was happy to I was happy to get drafted. One out of sixty players in the world to get drafted, man. And and I tell myself now, just like one out of sixty, one out of sixty, man, to have your name called. So, bruh, bruh, make no mistake. That is that is amazing. That is an amazing accomplishment to be drafted to have your name on the board for an organization to believe in you enough to invest a draft pick in you. Okay. Cause I didn't get drafted and I'm sitting on the board. I'm sitting watching the thing and you watch the whole thing. My stomach hurting, you know, it's, the tears is flowing. It's like, dang. So any, so everybody that comes on here that has been drafted or anything like that, I always talk about this cause I love hearing it. I love hearing people's perspective on whether or not they were, some people, some people were, you know, weren't happy with their second round pick. Like, you know, Toby wasn't too happy with that. Hey dog, I should have went first round. You know, I should have bounced after my freshman year. So we get into all that type of conversations. So it's, it's good to hear that you are rolling with the 54 pick. Cause I know that we were, um, what do you remember? What stands out the most about your first NBA training camp as a rookie? Oh, God, so I got drafted by New York, but I was traded to Phoenix. So my first year was in Phoenix and <laughs> training camp was at, at Tucson. It was at U of A. So I was like, all right, cool. I know this arena. I didn't play here for years. So I, I know the baskets. I can, you know, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. But that Phoenix system, man, with Steve Nash, that eight seconds, seven seconds or less, you get in that, you like, God, they are flying up and down this court. Like, it was hard to adjust. 
it was really hard to adjust to to really get in that mode to just throw up anything up there on that. <laughs> just throw up a shot, just get it up. And that wasn't my style of game. Like in your mind, you like anybody wants to play in that style, but that's not for everybody. Everybody don't have that mindset. Everybody don't have that conscience. So it was, it was difficult for me. You know, it was times where it was just like, yeah, I could hang, I could ball, I had moments where it's like I, I, I stood out, but it was, it was tough. It was tough to really crack that D'Antoni lineup. And that was, and that was gut wrenching, you know, to get to, to experience that. Um, Cause they, I, they sent me down to the D league that uh, they sent me down to the D league, my, my, my rookie year. And I was like, damn, already. And so and let me just break this down. So how many games into the season before D'Antoni and them sent you down to the G league? It was off top. It was off top. It was. Yeah. It might've been kind of more so off top because the D league was starting to get developed. Then it was, they were still trying to, you know, get that implemented and acclimated. So it was, they were still testing it out. So they needed players. So it was like, perfect. Boom. Send them down there. So it, it wasn't long. It was, so it was after training camp and then had to do a D league training camp. I was like, Oh, I just came from training camp. I got to do another one. So this is where Coach Cooper, Michael Cooper, <laughs> he was my coach at the time. Okay, okay, I okay. Love and he was like, DT, he was like, I know you just did training camp. He's like, I ain't going to kill you like that, man. He's like, you got to do some stuff, but I ain't going to kill you like that. That's so real. I was like, cool. So he That's looked real. out for me. And I was, I loved it down there, man. I, I, I played probably about two or three games max, mm-hmm. killed them, and they called me right back up. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to play. Like, yeah. yes, nah, I'm sitting right back on this bench. I was like, ah, like, let me go back down to Albuquerque. Like, it was fun down there. We had Tony Bland. I had yeah. Joe Ship. Cedric came down and played. Like, I had my L.A. guys down there with me. So, it was fun for me. Yeah. And we was winning. Coach Cooper, I loved it. That's dope. So, when you they, you go down to the G League, you hoop, they, you come back up, Phoenix, why they called you back up because somebody got hurt and they needed a a, a roster a, a roster spot to fill or they wanted you to come in and actually play and you had, did did you get another opportunity to play is what I want to get at no I didn't get the opportunity to play I think somebody was sick uh, Barbosa may have got sick or a cold or something so they needed an extra body up there but I really thought I was about to play now because I had proved myself in the dealer I could put up some numbers so but yeah it just didn't it just didn't happen that way. Just didn't happen that way. And then uh, probably about February, March, I ended up having knee surgery. I had microfracture in my rookie season. Mm. Rookie that's, season. That's that rough. Was, that was a gut punch. Um, that same year, Amari Stardemire had his microfracture. So he had his right out of training camp. So I, had, I was watching him, seeing him go through his rehab all year. And then once the team, the doctor said, I had one, I was like, oh, no, Amari just signed his $100 million contract. I was still sitting on this rookie. I like, oh, this ain't a good look for me. This ain't a good look. But I was like, nah, I can't go out like that. I, I had to I had to rehab, get better, and came back. I came back full strength, so. Good. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. At at what point, though, did you decide in your head, like, I'm tired of chasing this league stuff, and I, you know, I, I, 
because uh, as ball players that are elite and you have an actual opportunity to try out for the NBA, and if you can do it year after year, because I did it like four or five straight years where I was going to training camps and all that. At what, some point, I was like, man, fuck all that shit. I'm done. I'm tired of this. You know what I'm saying? I'm just tired of being a body in training camp, tired of not getting a real look, even though I'm killing these dudes in training camp. I'm tired of this feeling. I'm going to go somewhere where I'm loved, where they, you know, Chris, Chris Johnson, where they, you know, they say your name real loud. At what point did that realization happen for you, Dijon? Uh, I think it was... Can't remember. It was I was coming back from my knee injury. Uh, I got a call up, came back to Phoenix, rehabbed the whole year, went started the D League, got called up to Atlanta Hawks, played there for a two 10 day contracts. The numbers game happened. So I go back, finish the rest of the season in the D League. That following summer, um, I think I have a training camp with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I go into that training camp the mini training camp played really, really well and ended up making the, the roster for, for Vegas, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was the, probably the third guy on that team. You had, uh, you got Daniel Gibson on that team and um, uh, Shannon, I'm blanking on his last name, but they were two rookies. They were two rookies at the time. So they, they, they were, they were, they were summer leaguers for the rookies, you know, the guys that didn't really get to play and they was coming to their sophomore season. So the time was for them. And I was, Probably that third guy outside of them as far as on the floor and as far as touches and getting notoriety. But, hey, they took all the shots. So I was like, cool, I got to figure it out. But still played well within the minutes. So after that, they like, I'll come to training camp basically for no money. That's when I was like, you know what? Nah, I got to make a business decision. My agent at the time, Sam Goldfeder, he was just like, man, this is a business, man. Let's, let's just go get some money. How about that? I was like, you know what? You're right. Let's go get some money overseas, man. So that was that was my once they once they once I played well in summer league and you know they didn't even want to give me no money to come to training camp. That's when I was like, all right, nah, it's it's that's not right. Yeah, that hurts, man. It hurts, and it shows you, Joe, how they 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 uh, they treat you, man. If you're not one of them guys, you know, you're not yeah. one of their guys. And, and look, it's all up to them. I don't, I don't hate the NBA. I don't hate the people that made the scouting decisions that they made or the choices they made. But, you know, you look back on it, you just kind of sometimes you think I wonder if you think sometimes like, man, I wish I just had one more shot or I wish I had a real legitimate chance to play where I was getting shots or or if I actually got time and my numbers caught. You see it in the league today, man. Some of these guys like the Clippers, they got a guy named Amir Coffee. I don't know if you've seen Amir Coffee play. This dude had 35, 37, like, like he just needed some minutes. Do you feel like you was one of them guys? Yeah. That just you, yeah. It's just yeah. It's, it's minutes, it's opportunity, it's timing. I mean, it's a lot of variables come into it. But yeah, I, I do believe I was talented enough to be on the floor and, and, and get major minutes. Of course, I, I think I was that skilled enough. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. You got to be that skilled. And talk about now your first real overseas experience. So Sam tells you, hey, let's go get some money. What was the first job that he brought to your table? And just talk about that country, that city, that team. Uh, first job was in Germany, Berlin. So the, the city was amazing. Uh, it wasn't the most warming experience. I mean, first time overseas, you just like, you know, hear the, the lights, you just like a deer in the headlights. Like what the hell? The ambulance is different. First time I'm experienced jet lag. I'm like, what? 
you got to wake up in like two hours to do a physical where they're going to have you running on the treadmill. So I, I remember calling my mom. I'm like, I ain't about to make it. At this time, you got Skype was, I mean, it was Skype, but you had to get, you had to have calling cards. So I remember buying like a pack of calling cards, T-Mobile calling cards right before I left from my homie. Cause I was like, man, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna need all kind of No, money. that was the lick, that was the lick. So the homie had the calling card. I had to call, I had spent like 50 bucks. I gave me 50 bucks. So I had calling cards, dialed them in. I remember calling my mom, like, I ain't gonna make it. Like, I'm tired. I can't even go to sleep. I gotta get up and run. Like, I ain't gonna pass. She like, ah, oh, you be all right. You know, just, just try to go to sleep, you know, calm me down. But played in Germany, Berlin before a Serbian coach out the gate. I'm like, man, so I, got, I had a Serbian too, bro. I had, yeah, I got baptized out the gate. Um, so it was, it was tough. It was tough on the basketball side. This, the city kind of saved me uh, as far as, you know, entertainment, you know, just stuff to disconnect from basketball because the, the narrative from a, for a Serbian coach, they could take they could take the fun out of basketball, man. They're gonna drill you, run you, and it's it's very militant, you know. So it was Berlin, the city saved me. Yeah. Uh speaking that and that's fascinating because I played for a Serbian coach uh when I was in Lebanon. Um, and he was a little psychotic, you know what I mean? Like he was on one. Uh he always he used to tell me he because he had coached Daryl Armstrong in Greece. Remember Daryl Armstrong? He was like, he was trying to get me to play like Daryl Armstrong. I'm like, dog, I can't play like Daryl Armstrong, man. That's a whole nother type of dude. I'm gonna do me, bro. This turnaround <laughs> jumper and this mid-post. Like, I, I'm gonna do me. So he was, but but the thing he loved about me, because you know, I had I had a crazy work ethic. So I was there, yeah. I was getting to the gym like at six, like before the nine o'clock morning practice, I was already like an hour and a half, two hours sweaty. I would stay in the whole facility all day. So he loved, he, he was yeah. rolling. He knew what time it was with me. So I, I was like, bro, I'm gonna give you this 50 ball. Like, don't even talk to me about none of this, nothing. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing. D, you know, Dijon, when, when you go overseas and you ball out and you know, you have that, that thing that they love. Yeah. yeah you can call your own shots, bro. Yeah. 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 I've been on both sides of the spectrum, man. You you be the man and you know call your shots and be the last guy on the bench. So it's yeah. the overseas was it was a great career, man. I I loved it. Like you said, the Serbian coach he he killed us, but he actually he actually primed me for the rest of my career. To be honest, like that mental toughness and and knew what to that grind. Like I it, it was no surprises after that. Like I knew what to expect from every team, and I and I. That's how I just performed after that. It was just like straight, like, mm, mm, mm. like, nah, I ain't messing around. Like he, so I, I give it to him. He, he helped him. He helped me. I saw you were, you had achieved or been honored with like all Euro cup uh, selections overseas. Did you, you guys won a champ, you won championships over there? Uh, one year to- in Ukraine, uh, shout out to Ukraine. Uh, I did win a championship in Ukraine in Mariupol. Uh, so my blessings go out to them. Um, that was the only place I really won like a, a championship in the cup and stuff for the, for the Euro cup. We made it to the final four. We we really just had a really good team, uh, underdog team and really made it to the, to the final four against some really, really top teams. So that was a really good year for me, actually. Yeah. What's, what's the country of Ukraine? What is it like out there? How are the people, what, what was, you know, just describe it or talk about it a little bit. I mean, be honest, is what you see on TV. Ukraine hasn't really changed from when I when I was playing. Um, it's it's very underdeveloped. Uh, the 
it's the, the money. They don't really put money in back into the city. It's very poor. Um, I remember playing the, the closest McDonald's to me was like an hour away. And I was looking for that McDonald's. <laughs> like we looking for McDonald's overseas. And it's crazy to say, but we are thirsty for McDonald's overseas as a, a solid <laughs> meal. Like, cause we know what, what to expect. So an hour away and we would have to fly out of that airport. So you just, I just remember loading up on apple pies on the bus. Like I'm going back to my city an hour away, cheeseburger. So I could eat them a little bit later. Like, but yeah, Ukraine, it was cool. Like we want to chip. The culture was there. Loved it. It was just, the city was just crazy. Yeah, man. That's how my uh, experience in Russia was. Yeah. So, so I was in Moscow for a little bit and then I was in, uh, Saratov, which is like yeah. near Siberia, it's like way in the in the cut. Uh, yeah, like like you say, I was there in 1999, so the economy had collapsed. Like the ruble wasn't worth nothing, yeah. and so people was out there just really hungry, thirsty. Uh, you know, they were trying to get me to throw a game uh, on the uh, to throw the game. They were trying to get me to throw the game. The Russian old school Russian come talk to you on the side. Yeah, Hey, they was trying to get you to throw the game. I'm like, oh, dog. I was like, man, I can't do all that. I'm trying to hoop, bro. Like, I don't even get down with the throw the game. That's crazy, yeah. Like, you know, but but anyway, that it was it was crazy experience. I I'll never forget though, uh, Russia. I went to uh, these nightclubs out there, and I'll never forget this scene, bro. I'm walking in behind like two big ass like Serbian Bosnian looking dudes, right? And so they just start pulling out heaters. And they had like a little cubicle where, where they were checking in. They gave the dudes a ticket. They checked in the, the gats, like before they got to the club. Okay, here, I'm going to set it here. They checked it in and they got a ticket for the, I was like, oh, okay, it's one of them. <laughs> I get inside the club and there's nothing but Tupac being bumped for two hours, two straight hours of pop, stuff I'd never heard. I was, I couldn't believe I was, over, I was just like, what the hell's going on? I got a big, they were serving steak. I got a big ass steak in this spot. Yeah. Needless to say, I had a, I had a pretty solid experience in Russia. Um, 13 years overseas, right? Yeah. Dang, dog. I mean, the way I think about longevity overseas, I feel like, and, and tell me if you feel like this, I feel like we, when you're gone that long, typically it's what, seven, six, seven months on, four or five months back at the house. When you're gone that long, you 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 miss out on a lot of things. Do you feel like over those 13 years, when you came back after you retired, do you feel like has it been an easy transition to come back to the states and to sort of the real world after being a pro internationally for 13 years? No, it's never easy. It's it's it doesn't matter where you are, the transition is never easy for nobody. You know, you're used to doing something for 13 plus years, 10 plus years, however long somebody plays, it's, it's never easy. Um, so being over there that long, I missed out on a lot of things. Um, one of my close friends, he would always say, just press play. When you get back, just press play, man. We ain't, we, we missing out on stuff, but we not. We over there working, we doing what we love to do, but so we didn't really miss out on a lot, but we missed, you miss out on connections. You miss out on network, you're missing out on, you know, just that, that feel, that, that texture, just that engagement. So it's when you stop, you got to reconnect all over again. Like, Oh, oh, oh. 
you know, now you got social media, you didn't have social media that, that, you know, so it's hard to keep up with folks. And I'm, I don't really have that much social media. So it's, it's really hard to keep up with me as well, but transition's hard. It's, it's hard, but you know, that's, that's why you, you go to UCLA for the network and got guys like you that I could call big brothers, you know, Baron, everybody that's, that's, that's been down that journey and kind of, you know, kind of guys, you'll just be that lighthouse, Ray Young, you know. So a lot of guys have helped, you know, it's not easy, but everybody goes through it. Yeah, I I just feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's good to talk about it with other people that have gone through it too. Uh, I felt like when my time overseas, like I missed out on a lot. When I say missed out, I mean, obviously talk about the family and, and kids and things like that that are close to you. But I was talking more about like professionally, it's like you you spent eight years hooping, so you're equipped to come back home and do something in the field of basketball. Now, the jobs that pay in the field of basketball, are typically in the college and the pro realm, um, those jobs are far and few between. There are not a lot of those jobs. Those jobs are already kind of spoken for and plugs and hookups and you know nepotism and the whole nine. So being overseas for eight years and then coming back and then trying to you know find your way into the coaching industry or the television game or or these different games where people have been grinding while you were gone overseas eight years you're sort of behind the eight ball you have a uh, they got a head start on you and so now you got to get you got to bone up real quick you got to get up to speed real quick uh, I think it's necessary for guys that play internationally overseas that when they come back they had to get some type of certification. So like, whether it be real estate, whether it be an accounting license, whether it be something, you got to get, be able to get into the game with some type of certification that puts you on a level where somebody can feel comfortable hiring you, or you can make your own bread legally and do it in a way like real estate. You know what I'm saying? Where you're your own boss. Yep. Um, it's a tough game, bro. It's a tough game, dog. Um, the only, I mean, you just got to just, you know, we, as men, you just got to keep stepping up. You just got to keep waking up every day, man, and trying to go get that, go get it. No matter how old you get shit. I'm almost 50, bro. So, you know, I knew, I met you when we was young and, you yeah. know, you know, I was yeah. way more handsome. You still handsome and shit. Yeah. I was way more handsome. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, that's facts, bro. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's real, man. It's, it's, it's just being an athlete. I mean, you, it's, it's funny you say that, that we behind the eight ball and a lot of things, but we not in a way because we have characteristics that a lot of people don't have. And that's that grit going overseas. You got to have grit. You got to have discipline. You got to be patient, resilient. You got That ain't for everybody. So to be able to survive overseas and come back like, yeah, the transition is hard. But we like I said in the beginning, we built for it. We build for it. We're not going to stop. We're competitive. You're going to tell us no. We're going to figure out another way how to figure it out. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we missed out on some things, but we, we, we have a lot of other traits that a lot of people don't have either. Absolutely. And I think it's important that we we uh, we give ourselves those props. We uh, recognize those traits. You know, that's why brotherhood and, and things like that are so important, man, just to be able to talk to cats that went through the same experience as you and to have 
sources of inspiration and motivation, you know, because our our motivation ain't gonna be the same like as everybody else's. Like, you know, so we got only oh, certain type of dudes can motivate us. Like, we gotta hear from yeah. like, you know, only certain type of dude. Like, look, I ain't trying to listen to all this motivation. I, I'm one of these dudes that motivate. I need somebody way up here motivating me, bro. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's just how it is, dog. Um, let me ask you this: When's the last time you've been in the gym, man, and who? I was in the gym Saturday, matter of fact, this past okay. Saturday, man. Well, what was you, you was hooping? But, you coaching? But yeah, but it's, yeah, but I mean, to answer the, the real question, man, I'm not in the gym like that, honestly, man. I'm I'm not. I'm trying to pick it up here and there so I don't get all stiff and stuff. But, yeah. yeah you I'm never a, you never <laughs> thought about working with anybody, man, working with, with some of these youngsters, man, on their, on their on jumper and game? I mean, you, you would be – First of all, from a demonstration standpoint, just seeing you shoot around and stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I can't, I'm just, man, I'm listening, dog. I'm watching you, Dijon, shoot. I'm listening, bro. Yeah, I mean, I ain't, I ain't never, never really looking for it. But I mean, somebody asking, you know, approach me with it. Yeah, I'm always open to helping you for sure. That's dope. That's for dope, sure. man. That's dope, man. Well, that's a good place to be in, man. I, I still try to get help out when I can, bro. You know what I'm saying? Help out when I can. Well, man, listen. It's been a great conversation, brother. I, I appreciate you for coming on the platform and sharing your story, sharing your basketball journey with us, man. Um, you got any shout outs? Man, I don't do the shout out thing. Shout out to everybody, man. The UCLA community, everybody, my startup, everybody. Just just love. What's up with your startup? What's up with your startup, bro? Don't be trying to get that in. Don't be trying to sneak that in. What's up with the startup? I don't try to sneak it in. I mean, yeah, this the reason why I'm not really, you know, doing the basketball or in the gym like that is – the transition is a startup into the tech space, uh, just dealing with data, you know, biometric data. So it's that's more of a challenge. Uh, I like the challenge. So startup life is, is collaborative. It's still team oriented. And yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's uh, dope, man. Dope. I lived that life for about seven years from 2011 to about 2018. I was with a company up by us, Sausalito, California, right outside of San Francisco. This dude, he designed this app that made uh, that made it easy to scout. Right. So we were we just go. we were collecting data with the iPhone. We got there a we, go. we got a server in the cloud. We shoot it up to hey, 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 we slang it up. We talking my language. Hey, there we go. Know. <laughs> hey, so no, man, if you ever want to chop it up about any of that experience or whatever, man, I'm out, my phone is always open to you, brother. Uh again, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dejon Thompson. Appreciate it, y'all. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, 
Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.